We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we are producing this podcast from and pay our respects to the Kamaragal people and their elders past and present. We also acknowledge the traditional owners of the land you are listening from today. Before we start this episode of Colors of Cricket, let me tell you a story. Sure, we all love stories. In 2015 during the Cricket World Cup, I was in Adelaide and India was playing Pakistan. The atmosphere was amazing. India was dominating and all the Indian fans were over the moon with excitement. But sitting near us in the Indian fan zone was a lonely man. I offered him some chips and found out that he was a Pakistani fan who had come all the way from the US to watch Pakistan play India but mistakenly he had booked in the Indian fan zone. Despite all that rivalry, we ended up enjoying the game together. That's a heartwarming story to start with Preeti. No doubt that India, Sri Lanka and Pakistan have some of the most enthusiastic and passionate sports fans in the world. Fans that provide music and support for their teams no matter what. Over the last few decades, cricket matches in Australia have got accustomed to new kinds of drumbeat. And a different kind of vibe and energy descends on the fan zones. And the stands erupt in awe when certain players walk out to the pitch. And cricket becomes more than just a sport. It becomes a celebration. These are the new colors of the Australian stands. And we welcome you to Colors of Cricket. This is the fifth episode of Colors of Cricket, a podcast series that takes a closer look at the subcontinental fans, international players and community cricketers from the Australian perspective. And I am Preeti Jabal. And I am Kulasegram Sanchayan. In this episode, we are going outside the boundaries. We are in the fan zones, exploring the color and the vibe, the energy and enthusiasm and the money and glamour brought by cricket fans. Right up to the 1970s there were only white jerseys, red cricket balls and sober galleries but now it has turned out to be more colorful than any other sporting event in the world. Undoubtedly the South Asian fans fill cricket stadiums all over the world, Australia being no exception. And it leaves many wondering about where they are, including former ICC president and chairman of the Australian Cricket Board Malcolm Gray. I went to the to the Sydney Mine Music Bowl for the opening of the Women's World Cup not so long ago, last couple of years. I w- walked in with my wife and said to her, "My goodness, where are we? Are we in India or Pakistan?" Ninety percent of the music bowl was was occupied by people from the subcontinent. Is it any surprise, Sanchayan, that Malcolm Gray felt that way? 
If there is any cricket match in Australia where India, Pakistan or Sri Lanka is playing, we often see more supporters for the visitors. Look at any match from the recent tour by India or Sri Lanka. Malcolm Gray says this is a new trend in Australia that became visible in the last few decades. If you go back, the crowding of the MCGs or the Sydney cricket grounds or whatever, up until certainly the 90s, well, you, it would only be packed out when the English were here playing an Ashes series. Whereas now, teams from the subcontinent carry equal numbers in, in regard to crowd numbers and noise and colour. Former Australian captain Lisa Starlicker says the Indian fans are showing the Australian public how to support a team. I think as fans, you, whenever India plays, men's or women's, they all come out in their droves and they show the Australian public how to support a team, how to get behind them, how to enjoy a day of cricket. The Indian fans have always been very supportive of good cricket, regardless of what audience. Cricket for me means culture. I don't like cricket, I love it. This is Colours of Cricket. The first time the presence of any South Asian fans at a match was reported was way back in 1897 when Indian-born English batter Ranjit Singh played in the Ashes. The Daily News had reported on Ranjit's countrymen at the Sydney Cricket Ground. A noticeable feature at the international match was the presence of a number of Ranjit Sinhiji's countrymen in the enclosure, dressed up in a manner that argued a keen appreciation of the silken thread of kinship. They watched the game intently, joining neither in the applause nor the contumely when a ball was hit to the fence or went through the fingers of the fielders. During the same series, a group of Indian immigrants living in the Western Australian town of Kulgari sent a telegram to Ranji, showing their support and congratulating him on his excellent batting. Interestingly, 50 years later, during the first official tour of India in 1947, there were Australian fans cheering for the visitors. A newspaper report at that time says, the hit-and-run batting policy of India's first test team to visit Australia has won over the Melbourne cricket fans. A report in the Herald newspaper showed glimpses of what to expect in the future. Compared with the English test team, Melbourne finds the Indians faster and more spectacular. It also had comments from a few spectators, including this one. She preferred watching the Indians to either the Englishmen or the Australians who took all the enjoyment out of cricket by making it a business, not a sport. Matches in Australia began to see more subcontinental fans after the white Australia policy was abolished in the 1970s and more South Asians began to migrate. Former Indian captain and the legendary all-rounder Kapil Dev remembers how he was supported and befriended by many of his countrymen during his first tour to Australia in 1981. It was first experience for me coming out in Australia and, uh, you know, seeing so many Indian or this part of the world people there and supporting uh, cricket. I think many people we made a friend. Uh, I don't know how... Today's cricketers are handling themselves and in our time, yes, it was a big thing. I think the most glorious occasion for the South Asian fans to celebrate on the Australian soil was in 1992 when Pakistan won the One Day World Cup. 
It was only 30 years ago, but it was so different. No internet, no social media, no mobile phones. How did these fan groups come together? Even getting Pakistani flags before the final was not easy at all. Listen to what these two Pakistani fans, Arif and Irfan, had to say. There were a lot of guys were here, mostly from Karachi. They came here and what they did was they brought the flags. They got some, they made some flags at home. Probably they were coming from Pakistan, you know, they went for holidays or something and they brought a lot of flags with them. So they distributed all the flags to us. That's how we got them, you know, because that time there was nothing much available for Pakistan, for sure. There were no grocery shops or only maybe a couple of groceries, Indian shops. There were not many Pakistanis in Melbourne or Australia at that time. You know, I was a student and that day I was working part-time and rushed to MCG to watch the game. I mean, it's it's all memory now. You know, it was pretty easy to, to get the ticket at, at the gate and uh, MCG was packed, so it was uh, magic. It gave the South Asian migrants and the second generation an opportunity to express their identity and culture in Australia. And that brought them out to the cricket stadiums more and more as fans. Journalist and commentator Gaurav Joshi, who grew up in Australia in the 90s, explains the changes that happened over these years. If you look at the early 90s, the, the subcontinent migration was quite quite low. You probably had only about 25 to 40,000 people in Australia. But that World Cup was the changing point because we saw more and more people coming through these various countries and we saw people started playing cricket, not just at the grassroots levels, but we saw actually fans attending the ground. As you go into the late 90s, 2000s, where a lot of the student population uh, started to come through as well and the migration had doubled. So it's been a constant movement, but like you mentioned, the 92 Pakistan World Cup was probably the start. Colours of cricket. Have you ever wondered how these fan groups are formed and how they inject so much energy into the galleries? The leaders of the fan groups themselves are best suited to explain that. Papare Band is the most famous Sri Lankan fan group in Australia. And it was one of the first South Asian fan groups in Australia as well. Papare is in fact a form of music in Sri Lanka. In 2002, a group of five musicians came together and formed the band after Dihan Devage, one of the founders, was stopped from taking a trumpet into the MCG. Dihan explains the story. 2001-2002, uh, Sri Lanka tour of Australia. The first match was at MCG. I thought I could take my trumpet and I uh, took it, but uh, they didn't let me in because they had uh, no horns, no drums policy. However, after the game, um, I came out and grabbed the trumpet and started uh, playing the tunes Rangani and followed that the uh, car park and the whole Sri Lankan crowd started following me and that's how I thought uh, I should start the band. And then they started travelling all around Australia when the Sri Lankan team visited. Stadiums eventually had designated Sri Lankan fan zones. 
when we first started we could only play about uh, five to ten songs uh, first time we played in australia was adelaide over we went with 10 songs already we trained a couple of times before that the whole sri lankan crowd started joining us and then they started singing all the baila songs that then it encourages us to follow their rhythm and play the tunes with our ears since that 2001-2002 tournament, we have travelled around Australia until 2019. It was not always that smooth. The cultural differences and the misunderstandings thereof have given them some challenges as well. At the beginning, we only had Sri Lankan cricket board support. In 2008, a certain thing happened at Telstra Dome back in the days now called Marvel Stadium. We got permission from the stadium management and took the band, but Victoria Police didn't know that any band could come and play, and then therefore they kicked us out from the stadium. Then we came outside and played in front of the stadium, and there was a big screen. So the whole Sri Lankan crowd came out of the stadium and gathered around us, watched cricket on the screen and partied with us. So that's what made Cricket Australia to come and work with us because they they asked the question why the Sri Lankan crowd behaved like that and we explained music is a culture for Sri Lankans so therefore they initiated okay let's have a meeting and from next tournament onward that's where we started the fan so you are listening to the colors of cricket the Papere band is really vibrant and amazing, but do you know which cricket team has the most vocal fans in Australia? That is, of course, India without a doubt. Not only in Australia, but all over the world, Indian cricket fans have changed the way the game is played and celebrated. Fans like Sudhir Kumar, who paints the Indian flag on his body and writes the name of Sachin Tandulkar on his chest. Before COVID times, he used to travel all around the world to wherever India was playing and he had the support of players like Sachin himself. We have seen that in football, especially by the Latin American fans for a long time. But it is relatively new for cricket, and the Indian fans brought it in. They create the vibe of a festival in the stands. Swami Ami was the first such Indian fans group to be formed in Australia. It was founded during India's tour to Australia in 2003 by a group of die-hard Indian cricket fans. Much like the Bami Army, which supports the English cricket team wherever it plays, the Swami Army could be seen singing, dancing, chanting slogans and waving flags at every match India played in Australia. Since then, we have seen many Indian fan groups. We have spoken to the leaders of two such fan groups in Australia the Bharat Army and Fans India. The Bharat Army claims itself as the number one fans group of India around the world. Kunal Gandhi is its Australian president. We have more than 500,000 members who have already signed up with Bharat Army. If we talk about Australia particularly, we have few thousand fans who are in Australia and many of them travels to all the games to support Team India. They are sitting with us and chanting with us and encouraging the players. Fans India is a major fans group and its Australian founder, Rajul Sharma, says that the objective of the group is to provide a platform for all Indian fans. And we work with various different cricket boards all across the world to ensure that Indian fans 
get the best match day experience. We try to provide them dedicated fan zones, we bring our musical instruments, we try to arrange priority tickets, sometimes discounted tickets for fans. Their way of operation is not only on the day of the match the Indian team plays, but they prepare in advance, they write songs, create music, practice them, organize groups and so on. We will make songs, we will make sure that we go out there with all our musical instruments like drums and dolls and we play them hard, we make the noise. We've produced six fans anthems, six songs, cricket related songs so far. It's not really a straightforward process, you know, we, we write the lyrics based on what's happening, what's the, the match, the, the whole series is. And then we work with our composer who doesn't really speak Hindi and our songs are in Hindi and our composer is from UK so he doesn't understand Hindi and then it's a bit of an interesting process that we go through. Match day is a very big day for us, you know, it's very hard to predict how it will pan out but there are certain things we definitely do. For example, we start from team hotel or wherever we are, majority of our members are staying, we march from hotel all the way to the ground with our musical instruments, our members, our massive banners and jumbo flags. We book like a whole bay wherever team plays down under and we make sure that all of us are just on the feet and chanting for Team India. We will be continuously singing no matter what if we lose our voice next day who cares but when we are on the ground we will be chanting constantly we will be singing constantly and we will be the one you cannot ignore on the ground. Our main goal out at the ground is to make sure that Team India is aware that their 12th man is out there uh, in the stands. They can turn ugly too. Though it's not as bad as football hooliganism in Europe, the fans do get into verbal banter from time to time. Yes, we have seen in the recent tour of the Indian team when sledging on field by the players were taken up by the fans groups as well. The Australian captain Tim Payne targeted young Indian batter Rishabh Pant. Then the fan groups came up with a song supporting him. Cricket expert and writer Patrick Skeen points out that this kind of colour, sound and celebration were new to Australian cricket and it has given a new direction in the way the game is enjoyed here. The Indians have led the way. It's introduced colour into Australian supporting for the first time where it was really just shouting stuff and a Mexican wave. There wasn't any really singing or, or celebration culture in Australian cricket, so that has vastly enriched and, and, and increased it as a, a unique experience. Even though the subcontinental fans are so huge in numbers and offer a great potential, do cricket authorities in Australia really recognise it? Patrick believes Cricket Australia was late in acknowledging that fact and engaging the South Asian fans to its full potential. He thinks the South Asian fans can be attracted to the games even when their home countries are not touring. We've seen with big crowds, 90,000 the MCG for some Indian games, they've actually brought ticket sales back in as a major revenue stream again. And Cricket Australia have finally come to grips with, I can market to this person under their dual identity. I can market to them as an Indian. When Indian coming down, I can market them as a Sri Lankan or a Pakistani. When their teams are coming down, 
but I'll mu- they're also Australian. And they love Ricky Ponting. And most importantly, whilst the parent might support Sachin, the son or daughter might support Ricky Ponting and may have more of an affinity for Australia because it's where they're born and Australia was very good during that era and provide a lot of role models. So you have the acknowledgement of the dual identity has been a great thing for Cricket Australia to finally treat them like Australians who also love their own heritage. So I think that's been a positive for Cricket Australia, but it wasn't like that for a long time. They would treat the Indian fans as a cash cow to be marketed to when India's coming down and weren't really acknowledge them that, you know, in Australia you can't have two teams. To have two teams in footy, which is highly influential in cricket, to have two teams is, is treachery. You, you pitch with one camp and you ride or die, as they say. Um, but for them to realise that in the shifting identity mindset of the 21st century, you can have multiple identities and let's respect that, let them breathe and financially benefit from it as well. Malcolm Korn, a senior cricket writer with the Sydney Morning Herald who had worked with Cricket New South Wales, agrees to this. He thinks it could be the future of cricket fans in Australia. One of the big things about the Big Bash has been that while people of South Asian background won't stop supporting their country of origin, they will quite happily go along and support the Sydney Thunder. Or you might find generations where there'd be a generation of people from South Asia who obviously support the country they come from, but then their, their children having growing up in Australia will probably more likely gravitate towards barracking for Australia. So you might see different generations with different shirts on at the same game. Rajul Sharma from Fans India explains how this is coming true. Look, when India is not playing, we support Australia. Of course, it's, 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 our, it's our country, that's where we live. Apart from supporting the Australian national team, uh, we also support uh, local Big Bash teams. For example, here in South Australia, uh, I started a group called Blue Crew. It's Adlet Strikers' official fan group. It's a multicultural group. You have Australians, Indians, Pakistanis, people from different nationalities as, as their background. And we all come together and, and support our local Adelaide Strikers team. Michelle Enright is the Chief Executive Officer of the upcoming T20 World Cup in Australia. She says the South Asian fans are very important in the success of this tournament. We like fans from all the competing nations to come out and watch, but we know particularly those subcontinental fans, they're going to be at the front of the queue. The India-Pakistan game sold out within five minutes. They're really important to the tournament, absolutely, as are all the fans from all the different cultures and people from all around Australia. So that's what one of the wonderful things about the World Cup is no matter what your background, it really does bring generations and cultures together. She adds that Cricket Australia is taking active steps to make sure that that cohort of fans are fully engaged. What we're doing is we're taking the matches all around, you know, across seven host cities. So we want as many of those fans to be able to get out and see the sport that they love. It's not just the fans from those communities, but when fans from other cultures see the passion and the music and the drums and the dance and everything like that that happens within the stadium. And, you know, our team's been attending some of the festivals like the Holy Festival and the Sri Lankan New Year celebrations. And it's just um, great to see the passion that those fans bring. Australian players have also engaged on a deeper level with Indian fans. Since the establishment of the IPL, certain Australian players have developed significant fan bases in the subcontinent. 
Brett Lee was one of the first players to really encourage this. Yes, in 2015, he acted in a movie called An Indian. It was produced in Australia and was about the Indian migrant experience. Not only the movie, but he has become a brand name in India as well, acting as a brand ambassador and a model. He has also sung Hindi songs with famous Indian singer Asha Bhosle. How did Britley become such a success story among the Indian fans? His former agent and manager Neil Maxwell is the best person to explain. We're probably ahead of most other cricketers. It was prior to the IPL or just as the IPL was starting. So Brett had built a brand value in that market. So that was the first thing. Timing was critical. Secondly, I think he really embraced India. He loved the culture. He loved the people, and that really helped. Whereas a lot of foreigners at the time were quite dismissive of India. You came, you hardly left your hotel room. You didn't embrace it. So that was the second thing. I think thirdly, he's a naturally talented and charismatic person, Brett. So he was able to. connect with the media world everything from the, the acting and singing through to having an, a rare skill and exciting way that he played the game of cricket so that was probably the third thing the fourth thing was just probably his natural good looks i think a lot of indians really like the blond-haired blue-eyed boy who embraced their country have you ever thought why south asian fans especially indian fans support cricket in such a different way to anyone else Kevin Chevall, former fitness coach of legendary pacer Glenn McGrath, is here with the answer. For subcontinent India in particular, the game of cricket is more than just a sport. It's a way of life. They're heroes. They love the game of cricket. The thrill—it's a wonderful spectacle. And I wish Australians were more like that. You've been listening to Colors of Cricket, a podcast by SBS. Our production lead is Deju Shivadas, and the series producers are Sahil Makhar, Avas Parajuli, Matsal Patel, Preeti Jabal, and me, Kulasegram Sanjayan. With input from the nine South Asian language programs at SBS and external advisor Patrick Skeen. Sound design by Max Gosford. For more information, head to sbs.com.au/colorsofcricket.